If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Pasha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Pasha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Erev Shabbos to all of you, and it's a very special Erev Shabbos, it's Shabbos Chazak. We conclude the book of Ayikra Leviticus, and uh, traditionally at the end of every book, when it's read publicly, the entire congregation calls out in unison, Chazak, Chazak, Benit Chazak, let us be strong, let us be strong, and strengthen others. And certainly at this time, this time of, well, the epidemic generally, the lockdown in particular, the tensions that so many people feel, the weakness, the fear, the uncertainty, this is a time to be strong and to strengthen others. Our own strength, of course, might help us, but in strengthening others, we ourselves add to the strength that is necessary. It's also a double parsha. It's Bahar and Bechokotai, two parshas that come at the end of the book of Leviticus. And please God, tomorrow in our own private shul at home, we hopefully will be studying and reading these two parshiot coming to the conclusion of this third book, the third book of Ayikra, which of course deals with all sorts of laws regarding spiritual purity, the ability to, in fact, become holy, as we talked about in the weeks past, the ability to rise above mundane situations and to elevate our status as human beings to a far higher level, the ability to recognize that which is good for us, that which is not good for us, the ability to recognize what we should eat, what we should not eat. We talk about laws of morality. We talk about how to interact with others. The book of Leviticus is not easy. It's complicated. A great many laws, but laws that deal with the ability to rise above our own situation. And while, of course, in times such as this, one's thoughts are elsewhere. But this, in fact, is the time that we can and should elevate ourselves. We have the time, we have the opportunity, and we have the knowledge, because Torah is absolutely clear in terms of what we should be doing and what we should not be doing. And equally so, each and every single Parsha introduces a particular dimension of spiritual greatness, holiness, and preparedness, spiritual sensitivity, the ability to recognize things that are a little bit beyond and above us. Most of us live a life of where the senses determine what is reality. Most of us live a life where, in fact, it's not that which we understand really or feel really, but what we can sense through the various senses that we have. At a time such as this, we have the Torah blessing. We have the Torah energy. We have the Torah assurance. We have the gift that God gave us the empowerment that he gave us to rise beyond a life of senses and even a life of lower intellect or feeling. This is a time that we can make and should make contact with our own neshamot, our own souls, the spiritual dimension of our lives. And it comes through proper practice and proper study. When we study those sources, the biblical, classic, other sources that deal with these subjects, and today there are a great many shiurim out there given by rabbis here and throughout the world on similar subjects. Reach out, look for it, find it, because it will give you the ability 
of doing something extraordinary with your life at this time. The first of the two parshas is Bahar. What does Bahar mean? Bahar means the mountain. And of course, we're talking about Har Sinai, Mount Sinai, upon which the Torah was given. And of course, when it comes to the Parsha of Bahar, particularly Bechokai, we know that within a week and a half, two weeks, we are going to celebrate the festival of Shavuot, the festival that we acknowledge the fact, we celebrate the fact that God gave us the Torah at Sinai. What a moment, what a great moment, a pivotal moment, a moment that changed all of creation, all of reality, a moment that opened our eyes to something that was altogether different, something that was altogether greatness. It was a powerful world that God brought it to being, but only at Sinai during the time of revelation did we begin to understand what in fact the purpose of creation was all about. While God created this massive, massive universe and beyond, both in physical and spiritual terms, it's at Sinai when God gave us the Torah, particularly the Ten Commandments, we began to recognize what God's intention, what God's purpose was in creating the world. And more than that, how he gave each and every one of us the ability to recognize our partnership with him. To recognize within ourselves what we can do. To recognize within ourselves our strengths and our weaknesses. To limit the weaknesses, to transform the weaknesses, and to elevate our strengths to make them more powerful. This is what Torah is all about. Torah teaches us collectively as a people and individually as Jews what we should be doing in this great, great creation of God. And throughout each and every single pasuk, verse of the Torah, we are given instruction, guidance, how to achieve that. And when we come to this parsha, the first of the two, Bahar, it doesn't say Har Sinai, Bahar Sinai. Traditionally, we simply call the parsha Bahar, at the mountain. And while, of course, we know which mountain we're talking about, we don't say Har Sinai, just Bahar. What does Bahar mean? Bahar is a mountain. A mountain symbolizes it. It's a metaphor for power and strength. It rises above the earth. It rises in a majestic greatness. This is what a mountain is. A mountain inspires. A mountain gives strength and displays strength. If you've ever been at a great mountain range and you see these incredible peaks, these incredible mountains rising higher and higher, you're overwhelmed with a sense of observing greatness. You know that you're in a place, God's creation this particular area of creation, which is immense, which is powerful, which is tall, which is strong. Bahar tells us that in order for us to be who we are, we have to be strong. And while, of course, in other places we speak about Har Sinai, Mount Sinai being the smallest, the lowest of the mountains, indicating humility, but at the same time, it's at this time of the year that Torah is promoting a sense of strength and power. It's a time that we have to understand who and what we are. And not only take great pride in who and what we are. Not only to call out Ashrenu, how blessed we are to have been chosen by God as his particular people to fulfill the Torah. 
while of course everybody in the world is blessed by God and everybody in the world is given wonderful opportunities and strength. But the Jewish people specifically were given the Torah. The Jewish people were given the duty, responsibility of enacting and bringing into effect the 613 mitzvot commandments, divine commandments. And this is not enough, it's not enough to simply say, Ashrenu, we thank God for this great honor and for this great privilege. It's important for us to recognize that we have to do something about it. Ours is the responsibility of action. As I've mentioned a number of times, Judaism is not so much a religion of faith as it is a religion of action. Faith is very important. Emunah, faith in God, trust in God, bitachon. This is part and parcel of our lives. And when things look bleak and difficult, of course we call upon the incredible dimensions of emunah and betachon, faith and trust in God, that each and every one of us naturally and instinctively possesses. But at the same time, there has to be huge pride, a pride that translates into the courage to do the right thing at the right time. And while, of course, not everybody appreciates this, while, of course, there are those who look at the world and somehow are overwhelmed by the world in which they live, it's important for us to understand that we are mountains, each and every one of us. It gives us strength, not arrogance. It gives us strength. It gives us pride. It gives us the ability to realize, to actualize who and what we are with a tremendous sense of greatness. Before we receive the Torah, this is something we have to consider. What kind of mood do we have to be in in order to receive the Torah? What kind of reality do we have to feel? Torah tells us Bahar. Because as the Jewish people came out of Egypt and counted each and every single day, until they came to the foot of Mount Sinai, Har Sinai. What they were developing is a greater awareness of self, marching higher and higher toward the pinnacle of receiving the Torah by transforming each and every single dimension of their lives to become vessels to receive godly inspiration and godly strength. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashabua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. This is the Pasha that talks to us about, well, the law of the land, that every seventh year there is the law of Shemitah. It has to remain fallow. You cannot work the land, you cannot plant, you cannot till, you cannot, well, you can't do anything, you can't harvest. It's open and free for everybody. And of course the commentaries ask the obvious question, Every single law came from Sinai. Why do we highlight the law of Shemitah? And they answer, just as Shemitah, we are told not only the general rules of that mitzvah, but each and every single detail, the minutiae, each and every single detail of that law. Similarly, every single law was given to us in great detail, in full detail at Sinai. But the question remains, why choose the law of Shemitah? Why choose the law that talks about that every seventh year the land must remain fallow, we cannot work the land, the Shabbos, the Shabbat of every seven years. Now Shabbat, as we know it, every seventh day, this determines our respect for time. The laws of Shemitah 
This determines the laws that we respect in terms of space. Now, time and space are the building blocks of creation. All of creation is determined by time and space. And of course, the reality in which we live, this physical world, it is completely controlled by time and space, very rigidly, very specifically, in great and specific detail. And this is what Torah is telling us at this particular time. In order for us to understand what, in fact, our purpose in life, in creation, is all about, this has to be expressed within the limitations of time and space. A person can argue, if God wants us to be holy and special, we should rise above the physical dimension to meditate in all sorts of lofty spiritual dimensions. Why talk about time and space in this physical world? God created the world in a specific way. God brought time and space into being. In fact, as I said before, these are the building blocks of creation. And it's specifically within that reality of time and space that God wants us to function each and every single mitzvah somehow translates into something concrete within the confines of time and space. There is the time of Shabbat, and then there is the time of Shemitah. One is every seven days, one is every seven years. But essentially, both demonstrate a tremendous, tremendous respect for creation. God didn't at random bring time and space into being. He brought it into being for a specific purpose. And how do we show our appreciation for time? How do we show our appreciation for space? How do we show our appreciation for God bringing these two basic elements into being by observing time correctly and by observing Shemitah correctly? Every Shabbat, the beautiful laws of Shabbat, the seventh day, the restriction, entering into a different time zone, a different reality, while the week is busy, while the week is rushed, while the week is filled with all sorts of other responsibilities, complication, yes, and sometimes even nonsense. Shabbat reminds us that time has a powerful value. Time is the most precious thing that we have. You cannot replace time. Each and every single moment is filled with opportunity. Each and every single moment is a stepping stone to a higher and greater purpose. Each and every single moment tells us that we have lived. We have to ask ourselves, have we lived fully? This is what Shabbos tells us. A respect for time, an admiration for time, an appreciation of time, to recognize the value of time. Space, the reality in which we find ourselves. However much space it is, small space, big space, cities, valleys, mountains, space. Space is the reality in which we live. We take space for granted. We take space for granted, it's always there. Yes, of course, sometimes there's difficulty and our space is invaded, our space might be taken away, our properties, etc. But basically, space is the reality in which we function. Everything that can be measured and all of creation can be measured, particularly the physical dimension of creation. To show 
our appreciation for space, to recognize the value of time, to recognize the importance of space. And essentially, how do we do that? How do we show our appreciation for time? And how do we show our recognition and appreciation of space? In both instances, Shabbat as we know it every seventh day, and Shemitah as practiced in Israel, both are by doing something altogether different, distancing ourselves from the everyday realities of life. The time of Shabbos is an altogether different time. We use that time correctly, and when we do, we begin to appreciate the value of each and every single moment. The value of space, the fact that we have fields, agricultural realities that nurture us, that feed us. Comes the year of Shemitah, we sit back. We have to involve ourselves in other things, but we don't work the land. The not doing things on Shabbat and Shemitah, this is the way that God expects us to fulfill the responsibilities of time and space. And while, of course, it's not only not, there are all sorts of positive things that should be done on Shabbat. Similarly, in the time of the Shemitah, when we don't work the land, it wasn't simply sitting on our backs and doing nothing. It was a time that we could dedicate to the study of Torah, to recognize who we are, we who work the land for six years. We exhaust ourselves for six years working the land. We need a time to sit back and to nurture ourselves. And this is why the Shemitah year is there to a large degree to enable us to have this opportunity of spending time in better and greater things. But basically, the not doing is what Shabbat and Shemitah represents. You cannot do the everyday work on Shabbat. You cannot work the field at Shemitah. This is something which is important for us to understand. Because by changing our perspective from time to time, by shifting our actual behavior from time to time, it gives us the opportunity to sit back and to analyze who and what we are in relationship to the things that we do. Now, one of the terrible setbacks of uh, of the lockdown period during this epidemic is the fact, and I'm sure most people feel that way, one day just runs into the other. How many people do I speak with? And often it comes up, what day is it today? Is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? Is it Wednesday? As Jews, we are blessed by the fact that we have Shabbat. Suddenly it's Shabbat. And that gives us a moment of pause. Where have all the days gone? I didn't know that yesterday was Thursday, the day before was Wednesday. Suddenly it's Shabbat and I, I have to recognize the limitations and structures of Shabbat. But what does Shabbat tell us? Remove yourself from all those activities that normally define the weekday reality. What does Shemitah tell us every seven years? Remove yourself from those activities that normally define your relationship with the land. This is a time for us to objectively sit back and recognize who and what we are within the strict dimensions of time and space. Not only does it give us an appreciation of time and space, but it gives us the ability to use time and space correctly and to recognize the value of each and my participation going through the line of time 
and working through the reality of space. And these two things come to mind, particularly at this time in which we find ourselves, and even more so, because at this time of the year we're counting the Sphira each and every single day, is counted today being the 36th. This is something which is so special. Counting, counting what? Counting our possessions? No. Counting whatever it is that are important to us? Not necessarily. Counting time. Now, counting time can be the most boring thing in the world. Sit in front of a watch, a clock, with a second hand going round and round and round. After, well, even after one or two minutes, you're bored out of your skull. Because that's not the way we count time. The way we count time is by recognizing the particular identity of each and every single moment of time, each and every single day. Each and every single day when we count the Sefirah, we recognize that yesterday, today, very different. The 33rd day, the 34th day, the 1st day, the 10th day, the 12th day, each one has a name based upon those dimensions within ourselves that define us really as human beings, the emotional structure of chesed and gebura, etc., etc., etc. It's not only looking at a watch, seeing the uh, hands on the watch moving around. That's not counting time. That's putting you to sleep. Counting time is identifying what is special about each and every single day. And it's quite sad that people suddenly don't know what day of the week it is. Is it Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday? It means that, well, it's all the same. It's a blur. I haven't recognized anything important. I cannot point at something and say, this is how I see this particular structure. Working the lands year after year, I get caught up in all the physical activity of working the land. I forget really what I'm doing. Almost like a robot. Wake up early in the morning as a farmer, work the land, go to sleep at night and do the same thing tomorrow. And for seven years, I work, six years I work the land. And suddenly in the seventh year, I sit back and I begin to see what is the real value? What have I truly accomplished? I'm not talking about my storehouses of tremendous harvest, but how have I worked the land? How have I worked the space? in which I find myself in. This is Bahar. Bahar says, be a mountain. Because it's particularly within these two areas that a great many people make the fatal mistake of saying, well, it's not important. Shemitah is not important. Shabbat is not important. These two elements are really too difficult for me. But more of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashabua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the Shabbat of time every seven days and the Shabbat of space every seven years and how important it is for us to actually understand and know how our contribution to those dimensions of time and space make all the difference in all of creation. What is it about Shabbat? What is it about Shemitah that needs this extra Torah caution to make us aware of how important it truly is? And this part of the Torah talks about it themselves. It says as follows, that people might say, what am I going to eat in the seventh year if I can't work the land? And what am I going to eat in the eighth year if I can't work the land? If I'm not going to plant, if I'm not going to till, if I'm not going to harvest, what will I possibly eat? 
The Torah says, God says, I will give such blessing into the sixth year that it will enable you to survive part of the sixth and part of the seventh and part of the eighth, etc., etc., etc. What's that all about? You know, when people look at the land, they say to themselves, this is my source of income. This is the way we live. We plant, we harvest, we eat. If we don't plant, we don't harvest, we don't eat. And therefore, how can I possibly even consider stopping that routine for an entire year and calling it the Shabbos of space? And similarly, how many people say, if I don't work on Saturday, if I don't do that at which I have to do on Saturday, how will I possibly make a living? And this was the consideration of a great many people throughout our Jewish history. That they threw away the beauty, the sanctity, the uplifting elements of Shabbos so that they could, well, make a living. Basically, what was it? A lack of faith and trust in Hashem. God, who brought this entire world into being, assures us that don't worry, I will give blessing into particular areas that will enable you to override all those doubts and concerns, and in actual fact fulfill the mitzvah of appreciating and recognizing time and space in the way that I, God, wants you to recognize and appreciate time and space. And don't worry about the fact that it might go contrary to your logic, because your logic and your efforts are severely limited by the incredible restrictions of your life. Understand that God is creator of heaven and earth who brought everything into being. He is the one who provides ultimately. And this is why Bahar, Bahar talks to us about being a mountain, particularly about the mitzvah of Shabbat every seven days and the mitzvah of Shemitah every seven years. Because you need extraordinary strength to somehow bring out that incredible and powerful dimension of faith and trust we have in God that He will provide. I mean, look what happened to us now. Suddenly the whole world went into lockdown. Economies are going through incredible, incredible difficulties. People have lost jobs. People have lost their livelihood. And one says to oneself, what's going on in this world? And all of us are affected by it to a lesser or greater degree. Most of us to a greater degree. Do we lose trust in God? Do we lose faith in God? Absolutely not. We come together, we do things, the blessing is there. The blessing is there and we have to work at it and work for it. It's not an easy time. But it's a time that God will in fact exercise His incredible grace and kindness to each and every one of us. This is the shadows, this is the Shemitah that we're all going through right now. Not by our own choice. In fact, contrary to our own will and desire, the world has come, well, not to an absolute standstill, but certainly has slowed down and paused. And this is why it's so relevant that this Parsha is being read we study this Parsha at this particular time to make us understand why it is necessary from time to time to sit back and look at how we handle time and how we handle space. This is something which is so very important. And this is why I say use this time correctly. 
try to understand, in fact, what's happening. And in order for understanding, to understand what's happening, we have to understand ourselves, our strengths, our weaknesses, our hopes, our faith, our trust, who and what we are, our relationships. And this is something which is far greater than us, but at the same time, it is we, says the Torah, who can determine the actual effects of time and space in the most possible way. This is why Torah tells us, you might ask the question, what are you going to eat in the eighth year, the seventh year, etc.? God says, I will bring blessing into every other area that will enable you not only to survive, but ultimately to thrive because to recognize, appreciate the greatness of time and space. And this is why when you're in your private shul tomorrow at home, and take the time to read, if you can, to study the part. Or even today, look up various sites and download whatever it is you want to read about today, about Shabbos and about Shemitah, and how it affects your own life, its relevancy here and now. Use the time correctly. We are given great opportunity. We hope for revealed goodness, but there is definitely an unbelievable blessing. It's Shabbos Chazak. Be strong, be strong, and strengthen others. Good Shabbos.